wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Now, please welcome at this time your hosts, Graham, GSM Matthews, and RJ Marceau. You're listening to the next era of wrestling radio. This is Wrestle Rant Radio. Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio here today for Thursday, February 15th, 2024. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week so far. we got Mr. Connor Casey on the show here today talking FXE Crush Live coming up in Hendersonville, Tennessee this Sunday, February 18th. Talking all about it, his role in the show, his wrestling persona, and so much more. Connor's great. We've had him on the uh, next panel podcast before talking Marvel stuff. Today we're talking wrestling stuff in his upcoming event this coming weekend. So check that out. All the information is over at WrestleRant.com. The video will also be available of this interview on my YouTube channel as well, YouTube.com backslash WrestleRant. And in the back half of that conversation, we're going to have Mr. Marceau on, per usual, to talk all the latest in the world of wrestling. But before any of that... You can check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single week on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss new episodes every single week, usually on Thursdays. But we've had episodes go up on Fridays in the past month, on Saturdays, and now on Thursdays. That's just due to the crazy nature of the wrestling world in 2024. Thankfully, a bit of a lighter week this past week, but uh, that's why we're having on Connor to talk his upcoming show while we can before we get all the big news in the world of wrestling in the latter half of the show and in the weeks to come here on WrestleRant Radio. So, with all that being said, without further ado, enjoy my exclusive interview with Mr. Connor Kasich. Graham Matthews with Bleach Report and WrestleRant here. We're talking to Connor Casey, head of FXE's upcoming Crush Live event Sunday, February 18th. Connor, you're a part of this thing. I know you were involved in the business, but not quite to this extent. Great to talk to you, man. Thanks for taking the time. Well, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So I forgot to mention this. Henderson, Tennessee is when this event is taking place, where this event is taking place. Give me some more details as far as what people can expect, your involvement in it, and everything else going on with uh, this Crush Live event coming up next Sunday as we speak right now. Sure thing. So a bit of background, FXE launched as a wrestling academy in Hendersonville, Tennessee, back in early 2022. Uh, It was launched by AJ Gallant, one of Shawn Michaels' earliest students back Mm -hmm. in Texas in the late 90s. Um, and uh, his business partner, partner, Kalen Goddard. Uh, from there, they started building up a crop of talent. And we held our first event back in November uh, at the Bluegrass Yacht and Country Club in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Uh, we not only sold out, we went beyond capacity to uh, just under 400 people in attendance. Uh, the crowd was great. The show went off without a hitch. And uh, we're back for this next show here on the 18th, same venue. And uh, we've got another show booked March 17th. And then hopefully after that, 
you'll be seeing a lot more of us. So fingers crossed on that one. We're hoping to obviously draw a bigger crowd for this one. We've announced some matches already that we can get into. I myself am involved in the show in a, in a certain capacity. Uh, some of you may know me from my days with comicbook.com covering the wrestling industry. Uh, but thankfully now I'm getting to uh, jump headfirst into it as an actual uh, participant. So it's been a lot of fun so far and I'm really hyped to see what we can pull out of this one. I mean, how surreal is it for you to be on the other side of it now, as far as being on the inside of the ring? I mean, not wrestling per se, at least not quite yet. Being a manager, though, is still pretty much involved in it, as we were talking about before we hit record here. But how surreal is it for you? And I mean, I know it's a cliche question, but do you gain a newfound respect for the people doing this after doing it yourself now? So I think any wrestling fan daydreams about they themselves getting in the ring and, you know, you know, living out the fantasies that they see on television. I, I feel like we all do that at some point, regardless of age. And uh, so it was always in my mind that maybe I could try this. Um, but when the opportunity presented itself, when FXE was announced as as the school and it was going to be, you know, just a few miles away from where I live, I was like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. When else am I going to get this kind of opportunity? And, you know, I walked in thinking, you know, I, I played on and off for eight years playing rugby from high school all the way up to men's leagues and uh, suffered some injuries as a result. So I thought, you know what, maybe me, you know, taking bumps and, you know, wrestling full on matches might not be the best idea. Let me try, you know, commentary, ring announcing. And then this, this other opportunity gets presented. And now I'm, you know, I'm walking around like the kingpin. And that's <laughs> just, I, I, you couldn't have sold me a better idea than, Hey, you get to talk a lot of smack and get a lot of people beat up by bigger guys that are standing around you. And I'm like, Hey, that's a, that's an easy sell for me as far as respect. Oh, absolutely. You know, you, when you start learning the ins and outs of matches, how things are constructed, how different moves are executed. And even it, just the simple things about bumping about mm -hmm. the right way to bump, take a front bump, a back bump, how to get tossed out of the ring correctly. That's, you know, you see that all the time, on Raw or SmackDown or Dynamite, you see guys hopping in and out of the ring with the greatest of ease. But if you don't know what you're doing, you're smacking your head on something pretty hard and it's yeah. not fun. So, yeah. yeah, your newfound respect. Absolutely. And but I think what I love the most is that my my love for the business, my love as a fan mm -hmm. for wrestling, I didn't go away. It changed a little bit. I, I can appreciate certain things and I'll I'll notice when certain mistakes are made elsewhere. But at, at the end of it all, I'm still a fan. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, the term Mark gets thrown around a lot in the industry. People love to throw it on fans who, who criticize. And at the end of the day, we're all Marks. You know, the biggest Marks are the ones that saw wrestling and said, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. And so at the end of the day, we're all fans. We're all Marks and it's all fun. Yeah, no, totally, man. It's cool, too, because not only can you bring your wrestling fandom into it, too, as well, but you mentioned a little bit earlier the kingpin aspect of it for your role specifically. How much of, like, your background in comics, DC, Marvel, that sort of stuff, which, you know, obviously you're huge into comicbook.com, obviously, are you bringing into this role that you're allowed to kind of influence your on-screen character? So when we were building the character, you know, you obviously you want you want to find certain people in pop culture certain characters, certain tropes that you're like, okay, I, I want to take that, but I want to put a different spin yep. on it. And what we found with Mr. Connor Casey, uh, leader of the syndicate, uh, is 
it's Kingpin, so it's Wilson Fisk, but it's specifically um, D'Onofrio's interpretation. Of course, yeah. In Daredevil. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of Thanos, and it is a little bit of Dutch Vanderlind from Red Dead 2. And what all three had in common was that they saw their existence, they saw their world, and they said, this can be better but it can only be better if I'm the one in charge calling the shots and dictating what should and shouldn't happen. With Kingpin, it was, you know, the Avengers event happened. I can, I want to control Hell's Kitchen and I want to rule it under my leadership. Mm -hmm. Thanos, it was, hey, the universe is dying. We don't have enough resources. My solution of wiping out half of all existence could save it. I'm the only one who has the wisdom and the foresight to do it. And I'm the only one who can execute the plan. And then Dutch Vanderland held the meme about him as I have a plan, Arthur. <laughs> and that's that that's where I was just like, okay, so what if I was a guy who liked what I saw with this company, but knew that I could do it better. Mm -hmm. But in order for it to truly succeed, in order for it to go from, Hey, we just operate in Hendersonville to, you know, Hey, we're the we're the next big player in all of this. In order for that to happen, it needs the right leadership. It needs someone with vision. It needs me. Mm -hmm. And we took off from there. And I it, appreciate. I, I especially appreciate the kingpin aspect of the character because I literally. I know the show's ten years old. I just got done watching season two of Daredevil. The oh, you know you're, you're you're still in line for the best one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Season yeah. three. Season three. Wow. I, you would I think it would die on. down by that point, but I guess not. No, no. See, season one's great. Season two is flawed, but the Punisher stuff was great. I know the Punisher stuff is great, yeah. Season three, they course corrected, went right back to Kingpin. Okay. Well, I still have to watch. I haven't watched Punisher show, obviously, and the other Defender shows, which I obviously they tie in together. So, I mean, that's going to take some time to get through. But I am looking forward to season three. And obviously, Echo just came out, though. You can skip Iron Fist. <laughs> that's what I've been told. That's what I've been told. So I'll skip that one. But, you know, Echo just came out, too. So he was in that and they set up a bigger role for him there. So I can appreciate the references and the uh, the similarities between the two. But you mentioned you're the manager of the syndicate. And even before you mentioned that, when I saw the press release that you sent me and you were obviously on the poster and you said you were involved in stuff, I knew that you were a heel, whether it be as a wrestler or as a manager, because at the event in the show, you're Mr. Connor Casey. Anyone who puts Mr. there, you know they're an asshole. And I'm like, this guy's got to be heel on the show, which is the exact opposite of what I've seen from you. So it's so funny. But we'll get into that in a second. But talk about the syndicate as far as what that is, who's involved, and how that kind of came to be. So basically, the syndicate is if my vision for what FXC should be needs to be executed, I need the right people around mm -hmm. And I thought, what if each person I had in it were people that when my FXE is under operation, they're the stars. They're, they're the kind of talent I would look for. So the first guy wound up being a guy named Ray Bruce, who is six foot, I want to say six foot four, 280, just an absolute powerhouse, unstoppable force. And if you look at all great promotions, they need not only their physical specimens, but their unstoppable juggernauts. Mm -hmm. And he was the obvious pick for that. And then the second guy uh, is a guy named Brock O'Grady, who came to us from the Nightmare Factory, actually, and uh, since trained and I believe he is fully graduated from the FXE Academy at this point. But 
he was the other pick because he's got that unquestionable it factor. If you see him on the poster, the immediate comparison everyone draws to is Trevor Lawrence. You know, and that that's that's Hollywood looks. That's you're flipping through the channels and you stop and you see him and you go, wait, who who is this? What is this? Mm-hmm. And that pulls you in. And he's got athletic ability that's unmatched. He's got a personality for days. And uh, the ladies love him and the guys really want to kick his ass. So <laughs> I was just like, you're my other you're my guy. Yeah. So it's, it's the three of us right now. You know, I'm always looking for new members and I'm sure there will be. But uh, but that was that was the the general idea for, you know, if I'm going to enforce this, if I'm going to seize power, I got to have the right people behind. me, And I, I think I've picked the right ones so far. We we scored our first win during the debut. Bruce then made his debut uh, to follow up with that. And uh, one of the matches for this show has already been announced because I am taking Brock O'Grady, and I am putting him up against the Hendersonville hometown hero, Colby Carter. And I'm going to prove to Colby that even though the fans love him, and even though he has found some success already, he's not ready to be the face of my FXE. But Brock is. And he's got to face that reality. What's the greater goal of the syndicate and everyone else involved going forward? I mean, just is it just hostile takeover or are there some greater goals that you maybe just can't elaborate on yet, Connor? It doesn't have to be hostile. It just it just has to be, you know, I I, I keep saying it over and over. For FXC to succeed, I need to be in charge. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, the company is going to see growth like never before. Until that point... There's going to be some conflict. There's going to be some violence. There's going to be some disagreements. And so far, the people that have tried to stop me from getting to that point, it hasn't gone well for Bruce took a student who tried to step to me and tore his damn peck off the bone. You might not see him again. And the other guy, uh, Dikembe Cole, you know, uh, Brock knocked him out before the referee could finish the pinfall. That's on them. They they were dumb enough to try and step to me. And that's that's their mistake. You know, but this this can all be very simple. The right people just have to sign the right documents. There you go. I mean, how much pleasure are you taking in this role as Mr. Connor Casey being the bad guy? Because like I said, I feel like this is the exact opposite of the Connor that I've come to know in the last couple of years. I feel like this is a new side of you I haven't seen before. And the syndicate has seemingly brought it out of you. How much pleasure are you taking on in this new role in FXA? Well, I'm having a blast. You know, the Connor Casey will tell you this is the most fun I've ever had. it's (laughs) It's an absolute trip. And I'm, you know, I'm loving the opportunities that I'm getting. And the fact that I get to cut promos and do backstage interviews and do pre-tape interviews, you know, the stuff that I cover day to day, getting to do it myself Mm -hmm. is the most fun. It's it's everything I could have wished. Ten-year-old me would pinch myself. Uh, Mr. Connor Casey would tell you, I have to haul my ass to Hendersonville, Tennessee once a month to talk to a bunch of plorers and idiots and <laughs> tell them why I'm great. I already know why I'm great. That's their problem for not knowing. But yeah, that's that, that's where I stand. 
when you're doing these shows, do you see some of the same people at these events month after month? You feel like you guys are building like that core audience or I mean, obviously, you're always looking to bring in new people, obviously. But like as far as the core audience for FXE, are you seeing some of the same people that are that have grown to hate you in the syndicate so far and, and your guys run together? So this will be our second show, but I already know some of the people that will be going that were at the first show. OK, that that is a plus. Um, but along that line. I will say that the core wrestlers that are there at both shows, what's what's so cool about this is that 95% of this card is FXE graduates. Mm-hmm. It, it's all people that work together, train together, sweat together, bled together. They're all now putting this on together. It's not, hey, here's a casting call for all independent wrestlers in Tennessee. Yeah. We we start with our FXC guys. And if anybody is coming in that isn't from FXC, there's a reason for that. It's because they've, they've already displayed the talent necessary to be on the same level as the FXC graduates. So for the first show, the only guy who wasn't on the who wasn't a graduate was Elijah Burke a.k.a. the Pope. Some of y'all may remember him from his days in WWE, TNA, NWA. This time, it's uh, Chris Crow, who's up and coming in the independent industry, and uh, a former Ring of Honor world champion in Davey Richards. That's it. Everybody else is an FXE student. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to build is a core of homegrown, excellent talent that then we can take on the road. And then we can start being like, you know what? I want to see St. James versus Jake something today. I, I, yeah. need, I need to see pe- big personalities and big people who are already in the industry start stepping into our world and mi- mi- mixing and matching with us. Because that's going to lead to some great matches, great moments, great opportunities. And it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. I feel like the equivalent, at least over here, because obviously – that's, you know, big in the Nashville area over there is FXC. We have an equivalent over here called Northeast Wrestling. And some of the fun indie shows we've had over here, I feel like from my own experience, is built on the homegrown guys. Like you can bring in the occasional big name from the WWE's TNA, whether it be a current star, past star, whatever. And that's cool and all. But I feel like when you bring in the homegrown guys and they're the ones that are on every show, they're the ones the fans kind of get to know and build these storylines around. I mean, I feel like those make for the most fun, successful shows. As opposed to, and again, it's going to be great seeing people like the Pope there, like you said, Davey Richards. I mean, those are some familiar faces on the poster, obviously. And it's great to see them. But the people that you know will be there month after month that you can really build around, I feel like those make for the strongest shows personally. 100%. And what's what's interesting about Nashville is that even though it's the biggest state in one of pro wrestling's most historic city, it's the biggest city in one of the states that has the most pro wrestling history, yep. in and of itself is not necessarily attached to one promotion. For decades, Nashville was Switzerland for all the different promotions that were happening around it, especially mm. Memphis. Memphis isn't what it used to be. And there's not a promote, there's not one promotion you can point to and say, oh, this is the Nashville. This is the Nashville territory. This is the Nashville promotion. Some have popped up. Some are even still popping up and they'll do a show here, a show there. But there's not one that says, okay, what promotion would you associate with this city? The way you would associate Defy with Seattle. Yeah. AIW with Cleveland. I don't know if it's still that one. It's a different (laughs) one. Yeah. Um, But 
I would love more than anything for FXC to be Nashville's promotion. And there's a lot of ways you have to, there's a lot of things you got to do to make that happen. So far, we're taking all those steps. And I'm really excited for that. I'm terrible with geography, but you said Henderson is like 10, 15 minutes out from now. Is it like considered part of Nashville or is it a completely separate city just close by? So it's Hendersonville and it is, it's a suburb. So it okay. is north, it's, I want to say northeast, about 10, 10 miles. Oh, okay. But it sits in the greater Nashville metropolitan area. Like I'm, I'm in Antioch, which is in the su- south, that southeastern part. And it, it still counts. Like, even though we're in a different town, I can still vote for like the Nashville mayor. Mm-hmm. Interesting. David, Davidson County operates in, in its own way, kind of. But yeah, I know it's so it is it's very, you know, we're not the, the this next show is not on Broadway, which I'm pointing at because <laughs> right down there. Um, but I would love for I would love for us to get to that point. Yeah. It's only going to grow from here. I mean, so basically, if you were to label it or bill it as Nashville, even though it's in Hendersonville, is it still technically Nashville if you were to, you know, promote it as such? Or, I mean, you have to you have to be specific with where it's going to be, of course. But can you technically brand it as a Nashville show in that case? Not not this one because not for locals. Okay. If, if, because if I say Nashville, and they ask, okay, where is it? And then I shoot you a Hendersonville address, and they'll, they'll go, oh, so it's in Hendersonville. Okay. Okay. For the greater you know national audience a lot of them probably don't know where hendersonville is other than it's where taylor swift's from and it's jarrett country that's it but they know nashville because for a thousand different reasons yeah (laughs) that makes sense that's like what wwe does with their shows when they're like oh we're in chicago and they're actually in like rosemont or some you know shit like that they did that that one that one drives me nuts (laughs) they've never not done that they did that with um the equivalent for us in the Northeast was when they did Mania 35 in New Jersey. New York, no, it's not New York, New Jersey. It was New Jersey. It was, it was a Jersey dump. as Jersey could be to the point where someone asked Corey Graves on air. It was just like, where are we really, Corey? And he's like, I refuse to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was funny. But listen, I think some of the best publicity you guys are getting for this show as we wind down here, which is crazy, because I've seen it separately, even before you sent me the press release, and I didn't really put two two and two together. Brandon Davis obviously is on the show. Comicbook.com guy, obviously. Everyone knows him if you're into Marvel, DC, that sort of stuff, among other things. Yeah. He's been doing random, you know, movie, you know, interviews, doing promote promotion for other movies. But he asked Cena advice for his first match. And mm-hmm. his first match is on this show. So really, that's what he was talking about. And not only that, but promoting Dune 2 this past week. The clip came out, went viral, talking to Batista. He didn't even bring it up. Batista brought it up to him. So in a way, without even mentioning FXC, and maybe it was mentioned elsewhere in the interview and I missed it, it's basically promotion for this show. I mean, that's pretty cool. I, I obviously had known him from that. I seen him on the poster. I didn't really put in two and two together the fact that he was talking about that, talking about this match on that show until like a couple of days ago when I saw those clips, which I thought was cool. It, it's so cool. And what's What's beautiful about this is that in an environment like pro wrestling, which in 2024, there's a lot of promotions out there. Yeah. You go to any city, someone can lay claim to it. And that's before you get to the national stuff. That's before you get WWE, AEW, NWA, TNA, MLW, anything that's got television deal right now. There's an entire ecosystem below that. And what we want to do is separate ourselves, you know. AJ Gallant, 
our, the, the school founder, our head trainer and our promoter, he says over and over, we're not indie. We're, we're, we're not interested in being another independent promotion. We're not mm -hmm. interested in being another GCW. No offense to GCW. They're doing great work, making great money, putting on great shows. But they've got aspirations for one thing. We want to go in a different direction, which is why this shows it's not on Triller. It's, it's not on Fight TV. It is on Vimeo and it will be live streamed. But we are going our own route, paving our own way for this. And I think what is beautiful is that so far people are paying attention, whether it's here in town, because I'm going to I'm, I'm trying to get the word out. I'm going mm -hmm. to reporters for like the Tennessee and they go, oh, yeah, we've heard of you guys. And oh, that's cool. I'm working on I'm, I'm pitching ideas to get stories about you in the paper. I'm just like. I didn't even have to do that. I, <laughs> That's awesome. already knew. perfect. Yeah. And for John Cena and Batista, two guys I grew up with, two guys everybody in our locker room grew up with. For them to know, that's that's incredible. And that that shows we are so much more than your run-of-the-mill independent wrestling show. We are trying to be something more. And this is the start. So for those watching this. And you want to see the show and you don't live in the Nashville area, I got good news. We'll be live streaming this one. So you'll be able to follow along. And when you see what we've got and you see the presentation, I think you're going to stick around. That was my last question as far as where people can find the show. If they're not from the area, obviously, you mentioned Vimeo live streaming. They can watch it after the fact, which is awesome. I mean, obviously... I'm not from the Nashville area. The next time I'm there, I'll definitely have to check it out. But I do want to check it out after hearing you talk about it. And the fact that yeah. Brandon also making his in-ring debut on the show, stuff like that is pretty exciting. But that being said as well, with where the event is airing and stuff like that, you can find out more details about the show when it's going up through the social media, through everything, the website and whatnot. So, Connor, take me through that where people can find you, but also FXE, the show, tickets on sale. Give me the whole sales pitch here. So you can find me at Connor Casey CBS on Twitter, and I believe that my Instagram handle finally changed, so I'm there too. Uh, you can also watch me live on Fridays over on Comic Book Nation. I'm still, while I am now with CBS Sports, I still am one of the co-hosts on that show where we film from beautiful downtown Nashville. The studio is right over there. Um, uh, you can see my like 15 minute breathless recap of the entire rock Roman Cody Rhodes thing <laughs> right now, actually. Nice. Uh, perfect. As soon as the camera stopped rolling, I took a big old inhale and went, okay, I can breathe again. <laughs> yeah. Cause that took a lot of explaining. Um, as far as FXE, you can find us on, you can find the website for both the school and the promotion at FXEWrestlingNetwork.com. Uh, for there, you will find all our information on this upcoming show, February 18th. Uh, we will soon have the uh, you will soon have access to see our previous show from November as well as the highlights from this one. Um, you can find us over on Twitter at FXE Wrestling. Uh, we've also are on net on Instagram and I believe TikTok. Um, and D and tickets still are on are on sale for February eighteenth. As for the streaming, more details will be available in the coming days. And as soon as they are, I will be spreading the word on that, just like I'm spreading the good word on this show itself. So stay Perfect. tuned. So when does the show start that Sunday on February 18th? And when do doors open as well? Doors open. And I, I've got to make sure I get this right. <laughs> because I believe. Central time, of course. I mean, obviously Central. I say that, but you know, no, if you're going to show, you would know that. Central time, y'all. Come on now. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> we are running from so the ticket entry says four to six, and I okay. believe that is correct. But not, let me double check. Don't dare. That's when the event is going from, or when it or when it starts. So doors are at four. Bell time is four thirty. Perfect. Making sure I get that right. Perfect. Perfect. Well, people can check it out. I look forward to checking out as well. Once it goes up live streaming. And like I said, Connor, I'm definitely going to check it out the next time. Uh, hopefully WWE brings another show and maybe you guys can piggyback off of something like that. I mean, I feel like obviously great timing right now, but WWE was there like a year and a half ago. And it'd be cool to see you guys do like a show next door. I mean, even if they go there for raw or something like that or whatever it might be, but you know, that's, that's another possibility for the future to keep an eye out for. Exactly. Yeah. NXT was just in Clarksville. And oh, I was right. yes, figure of out why. Cause we're just like, of all places, Clarksville? <laughs> okay, sure, why not? Yeah, that's so random. But hey, listen, maybe in the future, I look forward to that. But Connor, thanks for taking the time, my man. I look forward to this uh, show and looking forward to checking it out. Thank you so much, Graham. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, dude. Big thanks to Connor for the time. Like I mentioned earlier, all the information in the upcoming FXE Crush Live show for those in the Hendersonville, Tennessee area is available right now over at WrestleRant.com where you can get tickets. Connor mentioned it right there. But for further information, visit WrestleRant.com for more on that. Now we throw it to Mr. Marceau to break down all the latest in the world of wrestling and maybe some Super Bowl talk as well from last weekend. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing well, how are you? Doing well. Still riding that high from the Chiefs win on Sunday? Oh, I'm so ecstatic. Dude, I literally asked you last week, we spent the first five to ten minutes of the show, are the Chiefs the new Patriots? The first team now, you mentioned, I didn't really know this before you brought it up, the first team to repeat in 20 years since the Pats in 03-04-04-05, I think it was, whatever those two seasons were, I ask you again, are the Chiefs the new Patriots? At this rate, they are. I mean, they still have to win a little bit more, but uh, the first team that went back-to-back since the Patriots did in 03-04, so it's just, that's kind of the where we are now. I mean, Mahomes kind of has that, like, Brady aura. I mean... I just feel like he just wins whenever he gets in the – he just is a winner. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just I just feel like he's like the NFL boogeyman now. Like you get Mahomes and you're like, uh-oh. I just feel like they're never out of it. Like that whole first half – I don't even know if you watched the game, but the whole first half, like, the, like theoretically, San Francisco was like killing them. And manhandling them. They just couldn't score. Mm-hmm. And it's like – it's one of those things. Like the same thing would happen with the Patriots. Like – if you just let, kept them in the game, there's always a chance. And with with Mahomes and the Chiefs, that's kind of like what they are now. Like if you don't, if you are, if you're not perfect and you give them a chance, they always come back and win. And just the way it is, it's just he's just another generational talent, and Kansas City has him. At what point does it become a dynasty for the Chiefs if it hasn't already? It already is. I mean, if you won three championships in four years, you're a dynasty. And they were in the Super Bowl that one other year that they didn't win it. I mean, they weren't Correct. in it two years ago, but that's about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think it's three. They won three Super Bowls in five years. They were in another, like I said, they were in another one uh, that they lost to Tom Brady. Um, so out of five years, they were in the Super Bowl four times. I mean, you're a dynasty at that point. I would say so. Especially Listen. with the winning. I mean, if you lost all four times, you're just a loser. <laughs> you never win the big one. The they can't finish the story. I guess the uh, the 49ers, who I completely forgot until, like, during the game. I don't know. I guess I didn't notice this. I didn't know this when we spoke last week. I didn't know it was a rematch from 20, year, 20 years ago, from four years ago in 2020. 
I did not yep. know that. And they won both times. <laughs> they didn't finish the story. 49ers got to finish the story, baby. George Kittle ain't, ain't, getting that, uh, ain't getting that Super Bowl win, so that Heisman Trophy or whatever, which is pretty funny. But listen, we go from the Chiefs to the Tribal Chief. We spoke last week after the uh, press conference on Thursday, which was wise that we waited because obviously that changed the complete dynamic of um, the Mania main event with Cody getting the spot. Has your mind changed at all? Because I've spoken with a few more people about this as far as, you know, there are people, we have to, you got to put this in perspective. And you might even be included in this, because I know I wanted to see the match as well. The, the people that want to see Rock and Roman, and we're not getting it this year. I mean, they might make it a triple threat. Fuck no, no thanks. But, like, has your mind changed at all since last week about, like, that you're glad that they pivoted? Because I feel like Rock and Roman, we kind of, we talked about it more in depth last week, but... The fact that they're waiting to do it at Mania next year will make that match even bigger than it probably would have been had they rushed into it at Chamber Now next weekend or at Mania 40. I feel like this is the right path, but you also have to consider the possibility. There were a lot of people that wanted Rock and Roman this year, but I feel like it will greater benefit the audience if they do hold off on that for another time. Yeah, I think holding off is a smart move, especially if Rock's going like full heel um, and we get kind of Roman finally gets the turn. He's the baby face. I feel like that makes the most sense, so... I'm down for it. I mean, I don't know how many people are really excited for this year, but I think if there's some story or some kind of stakes or something more than what we've had in it, I think it'll make it even bigger, like you said. Do you, what, what do you think we see from The Rock and Roman Reigns tomorrow night on SmackDown? I mean, they're going to be appearing on the show. They were at the press conference a week ago. They were on SmackDown two weeks ago. I don't know how often they're going to be appearing on the road to WrestleMania, but so far we're seeing that's going to be the fourth Rock appearance on WWE TV in a month and a half, which is unprecedented in the last 10 years. Uh, between that New Year's Raw, the press conference, the SmackDown where he first returned two weeks ago, and then tomorrow night. What do you expect out of that Roman Rock appearance tomorrow? Um, do you expect anything significant? And how much of Rock and Roman do you think we'll see en route to WrestleMania? Um, I mean, if I, I for some reason I have a gut feeling they're going to smash a bunch of bum baby faces. They're just going like, to beat the shit out of people all night because they're pissed. But, uh... Yeah, besides that, I don't know what else you'd really get out of them. I feel like that would be nice, like, they just beat up a bunch of bums. I don't know. Does that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they're yeah. mad, and they just run through, like, the good brothers and other bum baby faces on mm-hmm. SmackDown. Um, just basically telling them how mad they are. If, if the only person can stop them is upper management. I don't know. Something like that to keep the kind of, like, the story going. Like, last time we saw them had that, uh, like, one-on-one with Triple H, and Triple H made the comments last week, um, so that's kind of fall up on that. Like, if you think you know your role, they just beat up a ton of random job guys. Can we just put this to rest that Triple H is not fucking wrestling at WrestleMania ever again? <laughs> he literally can't, dude. The guy would probably die. Like, literally die. Like, can we just put this to rest that people are like, oh, we're getting Triple H in The Rock? Like, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can get the angle, but Rock's cl- or Triple H is clearly not wrestling. I mean, no, I mean they can do it. Yeah, he <laughs> can't. He can't. He's a issue. <laughs> no, he's got a pacemaker, but no, no, there's there's no but. The guy can't wrestle. Like we need to stop with this. So they had Triple H on SmackDown last week after we spoke, teasing the whole potential power struggle or whatever between the two. I don't know if they're gonna fully lean into it or just tease it like they did. I don't know. Um, I'll get into the Rock thing for Mania in a second, but I do have to mention this. Since we last spoke, we had that great teaser trailer for Mania drop on Sunday. So before I even go any further, your thoughts on that? Whew, got a little movement from me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, didn't, the worst part is it didn't really say anything. No, it like, didn't, yeah. 
it literally had no <clears throat> information, but like just like the, the the production, I guess like the anticipation or the uh, I guess intrigue or speculation is kind of what got me. I thought it was shot very well. Um, kind of got Rollins back in there. I mean, are we getting a tag match? What are we getting? And seemingly Rollins going to face someone at WrestleMania as well because they have the Elimination Chamber. It's rocking again there somehow. Who knows? So I think it kind of added more speculation. But I mean, I feel like from that we'd have to get something between the four of them, right? Or yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, how do you do a sh- how do you shoot an angle? I mean, it wasn't. I mean, that, the angle that we saw at the press conference was an angle. But how do you do a teaser trailer like that and then not do? The tag match. Now, if we don't get the tag match at Mania, I'm not talking about at some... I, I said at some point in my tweet because I personally would be okay if they did not do it at Mania. Now, at what point do you do it? I, I don't know. I don't think they would do it at Backlash. I mean, maybe. Probably not, but maybe. They're not doing it at Chamber, obviously. Rollins can't wrestle. They'll be on that show, but they're not... I'll get into that a little bit later on. And they're not doing it on Raw or SmackDown before then. So... Would you be disappointed if we don't get that match at Mania? Because it would have to be a night one if Roman and Cody are happening night two, and they shouldn't turn that into a tag match. That would just be very dumb. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be mad if it's not at WrestleMania. Like I said, maybe get some kind of furthering on the lines and do it somewhere else. But, um, I mean, I also don't want them to kind of like steal a spotlight from someone else that same night. So, um, I would just do it, like I said, if they do it the first night, I don't think even, well, I guess it would kind of have to be the main event. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't really want to steal the spotlight both nights. I just feel like there's other people who deserve it. I mean, I know it's huge, but both nights, come on. Um, so, I mean, if they waited till after, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, that was the other thing. I mean, I feel like people, like you just said, if the match does happen, it would have to go on last. I mean, that I don't think they would do it on night one and then not do it last. Um, they would. I mean, they could put Bailey and EO in that spot, Rhea and Becky, probably Bailey and EO. But I, if they don't do it last, then it's almost even, to me, pointless because I feel like part of that goal in doing it on night one would be to get Rollins the main event. And then if they do that match in night one and it doesn't main event, he's not main eventing night two because the World Heavyweight title match will not main event over Roman and Cody. So, And that would also give us two World title matches on the same show as opposed to doing one one night and, the one, and another one the next night, which I feel like would also kind of defeat the purpose. So, like... I mean, you can load up night one with Bailey and EO as well and the tag match, but I would almost kind of hope, after what we saw on Monday with Cody and Rollins, that they don't do the tag match and that we just have Rollins maybe backing up Cody in his match with Roman Reigns. I, I feel like the tag match is just an unnecessary addition to the show. I mean, it would be cool because that angle was great at the press conference and in the vignette, but I just don't feel it's necessary. And you can have Rollins serve a purpose in the storyline simply by backing up Cody and not necessarily wrestling the rock at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, I think that there'll be some kind of inclusion. I just don't really know exactly what you're doing. If Rock does wrestle though, that that's the thing is people are convinced he's wrestling on that show. If he's not facing Rock or if Rock isn't facing Roman, then he has to have a match, right? That's what people are thinking. Um, the tag match would accomplish that, but like I said, I don't, I don't I feel like we don't need that match. They're not doing Rock and Rollins. We did talk about that last week, but we now know for a fact that we're getting Rollins, <clears throat> excuse me, against the winner of the Elimination Chamber for the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania. So he's not facing Rollins one-on-one at Mania. Maybe another time, but not at Mania. If Rock does wrestle, and it's not a tag match, it's not in that tag match, and it's not it's not against Seth Rollins, 
Who would you have Rock wrestle on night one or night two? Because people are saying maybe a surrogate for Triple H, and that can be part of the power struggle thing, whatever. People have mentioned Randy Orton, which I like a lot because Orton doesn't have an obvious opponent right now for Mania. And I don't want anyone saying, oh, Solo Sokoa. No, no, no thanks. The Solo thing, listen, I don't, we talked about in November, the guy should have a Mania match after beating Cena. The guy hasn't won a single fucking match on television since then, since he beat Cena three and a half months ago. So I have no desire to see Orton and Solo again at WrestleMania. Um, I think Orton and Rock would work far from a lock, but I feel like they'd be a good use of both guys, though. What do you think? Yeah, I like that. 20 years removed from the uh, WrestleMania 20 tag team match? Yeah, no. I, I think that's a good... Like I said, I'm trying to th- I was trying to think of who you'd... Repl- I mean, Triple H, Randy Orton, I think that makes sense to me. Or, yeah, Triple H, <clears throat> you know, with Randy Orton being the yeah. uh, representation for Triple H in the history and, and whatever. So I think it works. Um, it's a good use of Orton. Also in the Mania card, before we go further with the Rollins and Cody stuff from Raw, but on the Mania front... Um, I mean, I guess I could save that for after because it has to do with the Elimination Chamber. We'll finish off with the Cody and Rollins stuff first. They interacted on Raw on Monday night, and Rollins was out there really backing up Cody, not really having to do with the Mania match because we already kind of discussed that, but I really liked what we saw from Rollins on Monday, and I feel like, I know you agree because we talked about it over text on Tuesday, one of the better Rollins promos I've heard in some time, and he's been cutting some great promos while he's been hurt. They've been effectively using him, effectively using him, uh, as far as he can't wrestle right now, but he's cut some really, really good promos. This is the Rollins that I think that we need to see more of going forward, and instead of the dumb, goofy, freaking Rollins crap, you know? Yeah, I will say, he started off with the goofy Rollins crap, did the dumb laugh, and yeah. but once he took the sunglasses off and kind of got more serious, like I said, this is what we want from him. I, I just, I mean, when he's serious on the mic, I feel like he'd be one of the best, so um, I like this here. Like I said, got Cody's back. I thought it was a great promo, and like I said, lean into that more serious stuff. The freaking stuff needs to go. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to wait. I'm not even convinced that he's going to go back to being serious or more serious after he drops the World Heavyweight Championship. I think they think, and it is, that the character is over. I mean, they, they sing his song. They go along with the freaking thing. They like the catchphrases. WWE is a lot of catchphrases and pomp and circumstance, obviously. So I don't know if they'll ever... I mean, they will at some point, but... Anytime soon, deviate from that, even as recently or as soon as WrestleMania. Maybe not. Um, but I don't know. I mean, speaking of that, though, come WrestleMania, we talked about it last week, who McIntyre, or rather Rollins, I just gave it away, faces at WrestleMania. I still say Drew McIntyre. We're getting a chamber match to determine Rollins' opponent for the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania. Uh, I, I, we don't even know who else is going to be in it. We know four of the six people, two more people determined tomorrow. But everyone in there so far of Orton... McIntyre, Knight, and Bobby Lashley. It's got to be a lock that, you know, McIntyre's winning, right? And we'll go on to face Rollins at WrestleMania? Seemingly, yeah. I mean, I feel like Knight, like I said, he'd probably do him and Logan Paul at WrestleMania. Orton, like I said, him and him and Rock, if you're going to go that direction. Um, Bobby, Battle Royal, I don't even know what this right I mean, he's feeding uh, with Karrion Cross, but I don't see that transpiring at WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't see that going to WrestleMania, I guess that was yeah. my point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think out of the people so far announced, it has to be it has to be Drew at this point. Unless Drew. Sammy gets in somehow. I mean, he could. So that's the other thing, too. Well, we got to talk about these qualifiers. McIntyre beat AJ to get in. Okay. And I thought McIntyre beating AJ. Oh, Nakamura's in, too. You forgot about Nakamura. No, Nakamura's not in, I don't think. 
Did he beat Sammy to get in on Raw? Or no, that, no, that, that, yeah, it was just a regular match. Okay, in storyline, no, no, in storyline, it makes no sense why that wasn't a qualifier. Why, why would Nakamura not have a qualifier, but fucking Ivar would? And I like Ivar, but that doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, no, McIntyre's not in as of now. I mean, I don't know. This, this bothers me personally, and I said this the other day. Why the fuck is Bronson Reed not in there? I, Bobby's not winning anyway, and I like Bobby. Nothing against Bobby at all. But Bobby's busy with carrying cross. Bronson's not busy with anything. Why would you yeah, not put... losing. Who, Bobby or Bronson? He said he's not busy with anyone. I said, yeah, he is losing every week. <laughs> I don't understand what they're doing with him. Like, I don't get he it. He literally was seemingly going to face Rollins at the pro show. He gets hurt, and all he's done since is eat pinfalls. He lost to Jay. He lost to... But they can't even get him on the show, dude. Like, he's not even in the chamber. And I don't think they're going to... I know he tweeted what he did. They put out a video of him saying, you know, I'm disappointed in myself for not making it. Maybe they're turning him. I don't know. Maybe he'll end up on the show in a segment. But, like, how does he... <laughs> maybe maybe he will be end up in a segment. Maybe that's better than him being in the chamber and losing. But Are like, they doing a last chance battle royale for the guys, too, or no? That's the thing. They're not. They're doing that with the women, but they're not doing it with the men. There's only two spots left. And it's a Logan and Miz tomorrow, and Dominic and Kevin Owens. I mean, what what the fuck? I mean, I don't know. That's a star-studded chamber right there. I'm not going to complain. If Owens and Logan Paul end up in there, that's great. But how the, you can't have Braun... I don't know, man. Grayson Waller's on the show. I mean, they're going to do the Grayson Waller effect with Cody and Rollins, but not even just with Chamber. You Like you said before, you made a great point. He was supposed to face, I guarantee you, Rollins at that pay-per-view. He called out a champion... Who else would he be talking about but Seth Rollins? That was definitely the chamber match. Rollins got hurt. He's not. You can't do the match. You can't even put him in the chamber just to eat a pinfall. Like that to me doesn't make sense. But the overall grand scheme of things, the guy's been back now for over a year. He's beaten his fair share of people. He's beaten Ricochet, Nakamura, Ciampa. I know these this stuff doesn't really mean anything, but he has yet to really land in a full fledged feud with anyone on the roster. And anytime he gets close to like winning that next level match, he loses to Jay or Bobby or Gunther or Nakamura. The guy can't catch a break. He just continues to look. Like, I don't understand. Like, are we pushing him or are we not pushing him? That's my question. Yeah, it's kind of mixed. It's kind of like a mixed bag, like you said. I feel like it's just weird with Bobby going over too. Because I don't even think Karrion's not in one of the qualifying matches, is he? Who? Karrion Cross. Uh, no, he's not. That's the thing. Why, why well, would Karrion Cross not cost Bobby? Like, maybe Karrion cost Bobby yeah. and continue that feud, and then, like you said, then Bronson would win there. So, having Bobby win, I, I really don't get it. Like, so especially, kind of like, not burying, but, I mean, Bronson kind of needs the wins right now, so him losing again, it's like, I feel like he's just drowning. Like, I feel like he was doing good. Like you said, he had a couple wins. He really hadn't lost. Then he, like, lost to Nakamura randomly. Yeah. Then they seemingly kind of got him back on track, and then, like I said, recently lost to Jay, and then now Bobby here. Um, doesn't really have a seemingly dance partner. Um, I don't so, know. I don't know. It's weird with Bronson. I like Bronson a lot, but they're not helping him booking-wise. No, I mean, I know it doesn't mean anything. They can have him win the Andre Battle Royal. I mean, again, doesn't mean anything because the trophy's pointless, but, you know, it's better than nothing. I, he'll probably end up in that, but did not even have him at Chamber. This, to me, is his mania. He will end. He would have end up, ended up on the show in some role, and maybe he still could. There's one Raw to go, but I'm not convinced that they will put him on the show at this point. I'm just, I just don't think they will. Um, and, I, listen, I, t- to save a five-minute rant here, I did see the rumor that his wife is pregnant. 
she might be giving birth any time now, that might very well be the reason. But it doesn't excuse the eight year long, eight months, year long of booking where they've had him come close to reaching that next level, and then he doesn't. I don't know. But the thing is, is, is that the other thing about the, you know, his wife is due soon. That's not a surprise. They probably, if his wife is due soon, then she was probably always due in February, mid-February, late February, whatever. Why would they then begin, <laughs> why would they then begin building towards Bronson and Rollins if he wasn't going to be on the show? I mean, enlighten me there. Like, you can't excuse a year long of booking with this guy where they clearly don't know what to do with him. I just, I just don't get it. I don't get it. It, it, it. There's a lot of people they're doing right by right now, but they can't even put the guy in a fucking feud with anyone on the show. Like, the, the thing with Ciampa, he just went back and forth, and the thing with Ricochet, Nakamura, and Reed, they just went back and forth and exchanged wins that didn't really mean anything. Bronson wasn't even in Money in the Bank, and he was feuding with them at that point. I just don't understand, dude, at all. I think it's just Yeah, dumb. no, I, I mean, like I said, I think the back and forth kind of... 50-59 even, I guess you'd say like 100 to 0 booking for him. Like you said, he was winning a lot. and then, But there wasn't, like you said, he was winning, but there was nothing like, he was never like in a feud. He was kind of like intertwined in feuds. No, it wasn't the focus, but was winning. Um, but like, it just doesn't help him in the end because a casual person, like specifically like my dad is just like, they don't even do anything with him. Like, he's just a loser. And I'm like, yeah. well, you're not wrong. Like you said, he, he won a lot and now recently he's losing. He has no direction. So how could you even get invested in him because you have no idea what he's actually doing? It hurts the perception for people like that that, uh, you know, don't know what he's capable of or don't really know of him, you know, prior to him coming back to WWE. They only see him as this guy that can win against Akira Tozawa but not beat, you know, Jay or Gunther or Bobby or any of these other guys. He's he's always going to be a step below. He can well, be well above that. He's, a, he's great and he's one of my favorite people on the roster, but... They're just not doing shit with him. I just don't get it. So hopefully there's a reason as to why he's not on the show. Maybe it is the baby thing. I don't know. Um, you know, he knows that. The company would know that. But as a fan, it's just frustrating because it doesn't excuse the year of booking with him where they clearly don't know what to do with the guy. And it's, and it's bothersome. Um, we are getting Jay and Gunther, but not at the chamber. And I'll get back to the chamber stuff in a second. But um, speaking of Gunther, they're doing Jay and Gunther. They're doing it on Raw next week. I mean, I said this three weeks ago that it's probably what they would do. Gunther cannot go to Australia. Otherwise, they would probably do it on that show. Do you think that's where Jimmy cost Jay the match to kind of rekindle that rivalry heading into WrestleMania? Do you think Jay could win? Like, what are your thoughts on Jay and Gunther on Raw next week? Because I'm looking forward to it. I hope to God. I mean, I feel like that's what we're getting. So it's like another, like, I don't know. I, I guess that's where we get it. I don't think he's going to win. I don't think Jay's going to win, so I guess that's where we get him and Jimmy. I mean, I don't think him losing clean would make sense. I, at this point, I could give two shits about Jimmy and Jay at this point. Um, Jimmy just needs... I don't even know. Like I said, I think we mentioned it like a month ago. I'd rather see Solo and Jay at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. Jimmy is just such a clown act. I just... I just don't care. And, like, what? why would he... He just randomly come out and run cost him? Like, I don't know. I feel like they haven't, like... It would just be so backwards, not backwards, book him, but it would make no sense. Like, we haven't seen him and Jay, Jay haven't interacted in months. Well, aside from the rumble. He just comes out of the fucking blue to cost him, like, yeah. I don't know, I feel like that's just lazy booking to get to, like, a story that no one's really interested in, so. Yeah, it's a cold storyline, yeah. I think that's what yeah. we're getting, but, I, like I said, it's coming out of left field at this point. It's a cold storyline, I mean, with, with Jimmy, they really have done nothing to make 
us take him seriously as a singles act. He's out there taking losses. He's out there being basically the um, the, the punching bag for the bloodline. I don't know. They're doing it to appease the both of them. They want the match. It's a match that I want to see, not at WrestleMania. I would be more content with that on an episode of Raw or SmackDown at this point than I would be at WrestleMania. But they want the match at Mania. They said that a year ago, so we're getting the match at Mania. But and the booking with Jimmy Uso does not make me very optimistic about the feud or very excited for the eventual match. Although I'm sure it will be good. Um, Brett and Owen for Mania 10, it is not. So the quicker we can move on from it, I guess the, the better. Uh, sooner the better as far as that goes. But back to the chamber. So Bobby's in the chamber. Um, I mentioned Orton. We got LA Knight in there as well. And that's another thing. You would think, what a fucking idiot AJ Styles is in storyline. LA Knight cost him his spot in the match pretty apparently on SmackDown last week. He cost him his spot in the chamber. And then he doesn't return the favor on Raw. Like, he just lets LA Knight beat Ivar. And then maybe we'll get something from them on SmackDown this week. I I really don't want that match at Mania. Knight and AJ sounds cool. That, to me, is like a match that you do at Elimination Chamber, not at WrestleMania. If they don't do that at WrestleMania, then I don't know what you do with AJ. But I am pretty adamant about LA Knight beating Logan Paul for that United States title at WrestleMania. And they're both in the chamber, probably. Logan Logan Paul is facing Miz tomorrow. I, I can't imagine Logan Paul's in the chamber and Owens would not be. I feel like they both have to head or uh, both have to advance. And if neither are in, okay. Um, but I still feel like all roads should lead to um, uh, LA Knight facing Logan Paul at Mania and not Kevin Owens and Logan Paul too, which is fine. But I really want that belt off of Logan Paul and onto onto Kevin, uh, not Kevin Owens, onto LA Knight at WrestleMania. I just feel like that makes the most sense. Yeah, it does. I think that's where the load. The roads are leading, hopefully. Like you said, AJ and LA Knight, I don't hate it, but like you said, I wouldn't have that as a WrestleMania match as of right now. Like, maybe we're heated up a little bit, like maybe on SummerSlam, if they were, if that's the kind of the direction they're going in, but I don't think that's really a Mania match. And kind of to your point, I think we all want Logan Paul, LA Knight, LA Knight wins. So, sorry, AJ, but that's not the direction I wanted to go in. Yeah, no disrespect to AJ, and I want him in a match at Mania too, but like with LA Knight, the guy is so... He's another guy that, shockingly, has not really... his his He has some weird booking, but at least with him, he's been consistently over and that really hasn't faltered at all. You know, he's remained really over with the audience. Um, but you need to pay that off at some point. He just can't keep losing. He lost the Crown Jewel. He lost the Royal Rumble. He's not winning here. That's three big losses in a row on pay-per-view. He wasn't at Survivor Series. He needs to win something, and beating AJ is not enough. I feel like you need to pay off the popularity by having him win the United States Championship. So maybe they set that up in the chamber. Maybe Logan Paul eliminates Owens, assuming they both advance, and then LA Knight eliminates Logan Paul. And you could do Logan Logan Paul appears to be wrestling on SmackDown now, which is cool. He's wrestling tomorrow. Um, that's another thing. Do you like the fact that Logan Paul might be, be might be becoming less of an attraction, less of a part-timer, and more of a regular on these shows? Because I feel like that's a step in the right direction for him. If he's going to be a champion, he should be more of a regular-timer or full-timer. If he's, if he's not, I mean, I don't care if he's part-time. I feel like that's like the attraction of it. But as a champion, he should be around more, more full-time. I mean, he's gotten a lot... I mean, not that he... I said he got a lot better, but he was he was pretty good to begin with. Um, but if they want to have him wrestle r- more regularly, even when he's not a champion, I'd be okay with that. Um, just because I feel like he's gotten good enough now where he doesn't have to, I would assume, doesn't have to rehearse every fucking match that he's going to be in. Because he can't do that if you're wrestling at house shows and on Raw every week. and He doesn't need to wrestle every week. But if he's around more often and he's making this like a full-time gig, 
then I feel like that's cool. He's going to be a great asset to whatever show he's on. And uh, I thought he was, he's been great the last couple of weeks on SmackDown. And I really like him in this role, but I think you need to take the belt off him at WrestleMania and put it on someone who could really benefit from it in LA night. So that's what I would like to say. Um, but yeah, the chamber match is pretty much set. Um, we're going to see Logan and Kevin Owens probably advance tomorrow. I would have to imagine in their respective qualifiers. You mentioned Sami Zayn earlier. He lost to Nakamura on Raw this past week. And he also failed to qualify on SmackDown last week against Randy Orton. They did another sit-down interview with him. I think it was this week. It was either this week or last. I think it was, it was this week. week. They did this week. Okay, they did it this week and last week with Jackie Redman in the empty arena. And, then, and Oh, yeah, and then Nakamura interrupted him and they had their match on Raw. Um, I like what they're doing with Sami Zayn right now. I think the long-term payoff with him with him doesn't have to come at Mania. I mean, he should be on WrestleMania. And I said, I think it was um, after SmackDown. I was bummed that he's not in the chamber. But I said, you know, he's still got to end up at Mania in some form or fashion. If he's not a chamber, then whatever. But he's got to end up on the Mania card. And I know someone had responded to the effect of the roster so stacked right now, like not everyone's going to be at Mania. That's true. But fucking Sami Zayn, of all people, one, is really popular still. And two, headlined last year's show. And if he's not hurt, to not have him at WrestleMania, to me, would be a big fumble. How do you think he kind of factors into the road to WrestleMania? That's a great question. I honestly don't know with him. Um, like I said, I feel like... I feel like it would leave with him and Drew, realistically. But like I said, if we have Drew facing Rollins, then I don't really know what you do with him. But, I mean, uh, Drew cost the match on Raw. I feel like that's some kind of direction we're getting in. Like I said, maybe someone else faces Rollins and we get Drew and Sammy at WrestleMania and Sammy gets the big win. But, uh... Besides that, I don't really know who else he, who he dances with. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, people have said, oh, maybe he can factor into the World Heavyweight title match. I feel like that's more likely than, like, Liv Morgan, for example, factoring into Rhea and Becky, assuming that's the direction they're going in, and it should be. Because um, I feel like Liv, she's in the chamber. She's going to be beaten in the chamber, unless she wins it, which I don't think she will. But unless they do some sort of a non-finish or a draw, which would be lame, a lame way to end the chamber, then she's losing decisively. You can't really explain her getting the mania. I mean, they do a lot of things that don't make sense. So you can kind of, you can find a way, I guess. But with Sami Zayn, he's not in the chamber. He did lose a qualifier, but maybe he finds another way by beating Drew on Raw. That's another story they're still telling that he hasn't beaten Drew yet. I don't think you need to pay off his story at Mania by having him win the World Heavyweight Title there. I, I am pretty convinced, although I'm not. It's far from set in stone that Cody is winning a night two of WrestleMania and taking the title from Roman Reigns. I don't think you need to have. Sami Zayn also get his big underdog moment the night before, or the night of, even. I mean, if, especially if they do the match on night two as well, which depends on whether they do the tag match or not. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think they need to pay it off that soon. I think they can take their time with this and really build to a big Sami Zayn moment at some point down the road, whether it's beating Gunther. He could still face Gunther, too. Gunther's a, a you know a pretty likely option for Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. I'm still thinking they do Braun Breaker, but... Sammy, I don't know. I feel like that's something you can kind of hold off on. With Gunther and Breaker, it's possible, and there's, you know, two months to build to it. Breaker just won the NXT Tag Team titles on Tuesday, so I'm not really sure what his status is in the main roster either right now. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, who knows? Like I said, he just won the tag belts. Maybe they're holding off on him. Uh, maybe they do kind of like the whole teasing thing, and he eventually comes up after me. Who knows? Um, but, I mean, like I said, Sammy could slay in there as well. I guess I didn't think of him like that. Yeah, I mean, they could slide him into something. I mean, I don't know. He should be at Mania. I don't know exactly what it would be. 
Um, maybe they can find another. I mean, someone had suggested maybe him and Owens against Waller in theory. That's not a Mania match. I don't. Owens has been feuding with Waller in theory for long enough that I, I don't need to see that again. Um, him feuding with them for another two months, like, no thanks. I don't think that's going to happen either. So uh, it's, it's an option, though. Something to get him at Mania. He should be factored into Mania. Even if he doesn't win, he could be in the World Heavyweight title match. I would still have Drew walk out the World Heavyweight Champion. And then maybe you can build the Drew and Sammy at SummerSlam and Sammy can beat him there. I don't know. I don't know what that would mean for Damian Priest in the Money in the Bank briefcase, but it is something to keep in mind. Um, one last thing here before we wind down as far as the, what was it? Oh, the women's chamber, obviously. We got more qualifiers for that as well. Bianca's in there. We have Becky in there. Liv Morgan. On SmackDown this week, Tiffany Stratton is probably qualifying against um, Alba Fire, I believe. Or Zelina Vega. I forgot what the match is. Alba Fire. Zelina Vega's facing Naomi. Okay, Zelina Vega and Naomi. Naomi's probably advancing, you have to imagine. She just came back. And Stratton is facing Alba Fire. Um, so, yeah, your thoughts on the uh, women's qualifiers? And it's shaping up to be a pretty stacked match. We're getting the last chance match that you referenced earlier. Uh, coming up on Raw next week, the Battle Royal. I think Indy Hartwell will win because she's from Australia. But uh, you probably saw it. There was a leaked graphic going around uh, from like a week or so ago of the women's chamber. And everyone that we just mentioned was on that graphic. Becky, Liv... Um, Tiffany, Naomi, and who was the other person? Bianca. Bianca was on there as well. The other sixth spot was occupied by Jade Cargill in that graphic. I, I think it'd be too soon to put her in the chamber, because, like, why would you put her in there and have her fucking lose unless she's winning, which I don't really think she needs to. Um, to put her in the chamber and have her... The Rumble is one thing. She's not getting pinned in the Rumble. Um, I wouldn't do that. I feel like that spot should probably go to someone like an Indy Hartwell, but, um, yeah, what do you think of the current makeup for the women's chamber and how stacked it's been so far? It's stacked. Um, I mean, Becky, Liv, Bianca, seemingly Stratton, and Naomi. And they said, last chance. I'm fine with Hartwell. He said she's from the area. It's kind of like the rah-rah hometown thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, based on Overness, I probably want to put her in. But, like I said, I get it. Hometown. Get her in there. People like it. Um, but besides that, the other five, like I said, really stacked. I wouldn't put Jade in either, like you said. I, I mean... Roy Rumble's one thing. Kevin or get pinned. Eh, doesn't really make too much sense as of now. Um, unless you, she got fucked. But, I don't know. I feel like she needs to win to, like, kind of solidify herself. So, her first actual match should, should be something she's winning in. So, um, but no, that, as a whole, besides the champions, I would say this or someone like Bailey who's contending for a championship, these are probably the top women left in the company. So, it should mm-hmm. be a, a pretty stat match. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I still think Becky's winning, and I would hold off on Jade's singles debut, probably a Mania. We've talked about her and Nia before. I still kind of stand behind that. Um, they can hold off until after Mania. I don't think you have her, for, her wrestle her first singles match, unless it's on a big stage. We saw that at the Rumble, but like her first singles match, having it be at Mania to me would make the most sense, and her and Nia would probably be the match, would be the match that they do, if I had to take a guess. Um, but that's it, Mr. Marceau, for today. Uh, talking everything from the past week. A bit of a quieter week, if that's the right word to use, quieter, uh, compared to the last couple of weeks, which is good. We're going to rev it back up next week, though, for Elimination Chamber predictions coming up that following Saturday at fucking 5 o'clock in the morning. Not when we're recording, but when the show airs. Uh, I'm, I'm not watching that one live, but that's going to be coming up next Saturday. We'll talk about it then. 
Uh, new episodes every single week, WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Find the show, rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single Thursday. Have a great one, Mr. Marceau. Enjoy the uh, rest of the week, and I'll catch you soon. See you later. See you, brother. Join Graham, GSM Matthews, and RJ Marceau every Thursday as they run down their weekly wrestling rants, offer expert analysis, host exclusive interviews, and more. Subscribe today on all your favorite podcast platforms and never miss an episode of Wrestle Rant Radio. Wrestle Rant Radio.